1: Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analyzing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. And today we're looking at chapter 12 of New Moon, titled Intruder. So where we left off, Bella had that really intense little moment where she heard fingernails against the glass of her bedroom window. And it was quite the cliffhanger for for Stephanie Meyer. Like I was quite impressed because I was like, shoot, better read the next page super quick and find out what's going on. And I mean, it's not Victoria. I'll, I'll tell you that much. It was a bit of a bait and switch, but I mean, let's get into it. So she says, her eyes flew wide open with fright, though she was not yet positive whether she was awake or asleep. <sighs> they just assume that when your eyes are open with fright that you're awake. She does dream a lot, this girl, though. She is quite the dreamer. I never remember my dreams. but Bella Swan, mine like a steel trap. And she says, something scratched against my window again with the same thin, high-pitched sound. And like, okay, if it was Victoria, just go in and kill her. Like, just get it over with, Vic. But even though her eyes have flown wide open with fright, I guess she's no longer that nervous or scared because then she's stumbling out of bed and approaching the window. And I'm like, bitch, never go and approach the window. Uh Uh-uh, get away from that window. And then she sees a huge dark shape wobble erratically on the other side of the glass, lurching towards her. And she's like, ah, Victoria. And so then she is scared. I was like, okay, well, you certainly started off scared. Then you got confident. Now you're scared again. Good, okay. But then she hears a familiar husky voice call from the dark shape. And it's Bella. (laughs) Ouch, damn it. Open the window, ouch. (laughs) And so she needed two seconds to shake off the horror. And then she hurries to the window and shoves the glass out of the way. And she's like, what are you doing? And Jacob was clinging precariously to the top of the spruce that grew in the middle of Charlie's front yard. So I don't know if it was meant to be a reveal that it was Jacob, but the the husky voice certainly gave it away. So Jacob's just clinging to the top of a little tree like he's a little star or an angel at Christmas. And it was the thin branches of the tree scraping against the side of the house. Oh, wow. So... We've deconstructed that sound that was so exciting, and now I'm bored again. And now she's blinking her wet eyes, sure that she's dreaming. She's sure of it. Bitch, you know that every dream you have involves you walking around the forest. But now this is a dream. Sure it is. And Jacob's like, I'm trying to keep my promise. And she's like, When did you promise to kill yourself falling out of a tree? And he's like, I'll be fine. And then he, I don't know pole vaults off of the tree through her open window. And she's about to scream, but to her shock, he swings into the room, landing on the balls of his feet with a low thud. And Charlie is just the heaviest sleeper in the world because they're looking at the door, waiting for him to come running in, being like, what the hell's that noise? But a short moment of silence passes and then they hear Charlie snoring. so Charlie is knocked out. I mean, he's had a big day uh, not protecting the tourists of Forks, Washington, as they all get maimed on the walking trail. And then Bella is just the most ridiculous person. Let me read this out. She says, a wide grin spread slowly across Jacob's face. It wasn't the grin that I knew and loved. It was a new grin. One that was a bitter mockery of his old sincerity on the new face that belonged to Sam. That was a bit much for me. Well, you know what? Your writing's a bit much for me, Steph, because that's ridiculous. A new grin. A grin that was a bit mockery of his old face. Like what? He got a haircut. It's not that big of a deal. A new grin. Come off it. But she's not feeling it. She's like, I'd cried myself to sleep over this boy. He'd punched a new hole in my chest, always with the hole in her chest. But worse than that, his arrival through her window reminded of her when Edward used to sneak in through her window. (sighs) And so that just opens up the wounds again. Her and her wounds. So she's like, get out. And he's like, no, I came to apologize. And she's like, I don't accept. And it is kind of a weird tonal shift. Like Jacob did sort of just dump her a couple of hours ago. Odd move to jump in through her window, Jacob. Like you could have, you could have called her. I mean, you could have hit her up in the morning. I don't know why this has to be a middle of the night type of thing. Why the urgency? And she says, I tried to shove him back out the window. After all, if this was a dream, it wouldn't really hurt him. Now, Bella, you can't be that confident that it's a dream because if it's not a dream and you just pushed a kid out the window, that's kind of murder. And I don't know if, if a good defense is, hey, I was just dreaming. I didn't think you'd get hurt because I thought I was dreaming because you know, most people don't really think that they're dreaming when they're dreaming. And so for you to be pushing someone out of a window saying that you're dreaming, like that's manslaughter at best. It's gotta be. But she says it was useless. He didn't budge. So she really did push him. I thought maybe she's trying to be dramatic saying that she's pushing him, but no, she actually was trying to push him out the window. She was just worried that he would fall off of the tree. But now she's like, oh, I'll actively push you out of the window. Bella. And now we come to find out that he wasn't wearing a shirt and it made her uncomfortable to have her hands on his bare chest because his skin was burning hot, not because she was like, oh, hello, muscles. And she's like, it was just like when he had the fever, but he didn't look sick. He looked huge. He was so big that he blacked out the window. This window, step away from the window, Jacob. I think it's in your best interest to step away from the window at this point. And then I guess she's about to faint because, you know, she's really tired. It's all catching up with us. So she's about to faint. She's swaying, swaying on her feet. And he's like, Bella, And so he steers her back to bed and she plopped into a limp heap on the mattress. Plopped. (laughs) So he's like, I'm so sorry, Bella, but there's still this angry twist to his features. And she's like, I don't want apologies from you, Jake. And he's like, yeah, yeah, but I couldn't leave things the way I did this afternoon. That was horrible, I'm sorry. Well, you didn't really have to go in that hard, Jacob, but you did. And then Jacob's like, oh, I I wanna explain, but I can't. And he's doing this thing where he's like opening his mouth and then getting cut off and then sucking in air and really performative. Oh, I want to tell you, but I can't type stuff. It's like, you know, that SNL character that Kristen Wiig does, where she's like the Aunt Kath or whatever, where she's Aunt Sue, where she's like, I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited, but I can't say it. Because there's always a surprise party, and, and she's going to ruin the surprise because she loves surprises, and she's got her hands on her mouth trying to stop her from saying stuff. And she ends up, like, you know, putting a pillow over her face and then running out the room because she doesn't want to ruin the surprise. Jacob's doing that. Jacob's doing it Aunt Sue. Let's see if I can find a clip and pop it in. Everyone, I'm sure you're wondering why Ashley and I asked you to come over on such short notice. I know we've only been married a few months, but... We got some really big news from the doctor today. Oh, my God.
0: Yep, I'm pregnant. Mom and dad don't know yet. Oh, my God. What?
1: Yeah, they're on their way here right now and we want to surprise them.
0: Something, Sue. It's nothing. What? Oh, there's just something gonna be out around here. No, huh? Is it a little person? Oh no, someone's gonna get fat. What? Oh, but not food. God. Nine months from now. Oh God, no. Cigars. Grandparents. Oh God, here it comes. Oh God. Okay, comes. Sue. Please do not. Don't. Oh God.
1: Oh, oh. Okay. In a weird bit of serendipity, that clip that I just picked at random, I just typed in Aunt Sue SNL on YouTube, and the first one that popped up. And the one that I just included was with Taylor Lautner. How spooky is that? Maybe the writers at SNL thought of that skit while Taylor Lautner was there because they were watching New Moon and thinking, God, look at him unable to contain his little secrets. Anyway, where were we? So she's like, yeah, why can't you explain? And he's twisting his head to his side. He's squinting his eyes. He's clenching his teeth. He's wrinkling his forehead. And she's like, what's wrong? And he's like, I can't do it. And he says, look, Bella, haven't you ever had a secret that you couldn't tell anyone? And he looked at her with knowing eyes and she's like, the Cullens. And he's like, you know, something that you wouldn't tell your mom or Charlie or even me. And he's like, can't you understand that I might have the same kind of situation? Sometimes loyalty gets in the way of what you want to do. Sometimes it's not your secret to tell. And she's like, "Puh." Couldn't argue with that. She's like, you got me. You're speaking my language, bro. But she's like, I still don't see how it applies to him or Sam or Billy. What's it to them now that the Cullens are gone? Again, Bella, there's a vampire that wants to kill you out there. And her little friend who tried to kill you in the meadow. And also you thought Victoria was at your window just like five minutes ago. So yeah, I mean, it is sort of like vampires are still an issue for the region. And Jacob's like, oh, the part that kills me is that you already know. I already told you everything. And she's like, oh, mate, you haven't told me shit. And then he gets all up in her face, just like staring right into her face, breathing on her skin. And he says, I think I see a way to make this work. You know this, Bella. I can't tell you, but if you guessed it, that would let me off the hook. And she's like, what? You want me to guess? Guess what? And he's like, my secret. You know the answer. And he's getting frustrated with her because he's like, come on, pick it up. But also like, it's the middle of the night, Jacob. Maybe you should have brought this up in the afternoon when she was firing on all cylinders. Or maybe maybe talk about it in the morning. Maybe call her tomorrow at lunchtime when she's had a chance to, you know, wake up, have a couple of coffees, have some lunch. Middle of the night, no one's firing on all cylinders here. And he's like, all right, let me try and give you some clues. And he's like straining to give her clues. I mean, have you tried writing it down, Jacob? Could you perhaps do that? Like, I get that he's bound to secrecy. There's some part of him that he actually can't physically say it. It's not just like he's being like, oh, I can't tell a secret. Wink, wink. Like, I know it's some sort of supernatural thing stopping him from saying it, but maybe just write it down. Maybe send her a text. But she's an idiot. So he says, hold on, let me see if I can give you some help. And whatever he was trying to do, it was so hard he was panting. And she's actually thinking that he's panting as a side effect of what he's trying to do, not that the panting is the hint. I think the panting is the hint, but she's like, no, not getting what you're saying. And he's like, yeah. Like clues, I'm giving you clues. <laughs> like a dog. He's panting like a dog. And then he's like, Hey, remember that first day we met on the beach in La Pouche? Now I don't know if it was the first time they met. Didn't they know each other as kids? Like I thought that was a whole thing that they knew each other as kids and she was like, Oh hey Jacob But no he's saying the first day we met on the beach. I feel like that's wrong. Can we get a fact checker in here to to tell us if that's wrong or not? And so she's like, well, we talked about the truck. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And? And she's like, well, we talked about the rabbit. And he's like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, and? And she's like, well, we went for a walk down the beach. And then she's blushing because she's like, oh yeah, I was flirting with you to try and get some stories about the Cullens. And he's like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And she says... You told me scary stories about the legends, and he was like closing his eyes and opening them again and saying, Yes. But she's not picking up on this. He is really trying hard. It's like when you're at Pictionary or you're doing charades and you've done all the clues you can think of, you've done everything, and they're like, Huh? And you're like, Uh uh, uh uh. uh. And, the, and Bella's just not getting it, and he's like, Uh uh, uh uh. uh. And I mean, if this is boring, you guys strap in because it's the whole chapter. It's the whole chapter of this. And then he says, do you remember what I said? And even with him like enunciating each word like that, it's just still going right over her head because she's only thinking about the vampire side of things. She's like, yeah, he pretty much told me that Edward was a vampire. How could I forget that? And she's like, yeah, I remember. And he's like, yeah, but do you remember all the stuff?" And then he can't finish that word. (laughs) Sounded like he had something stuck in his throat. All the stuff, Like you can say stories. I don't know what this supernatural spell that you've got on yourself, Jacob, but I'm pretty sure you can say the word stories. And she says, only one story really mattered. I knew he'd begun with others, but I couldn't remember the inconsequential prelude. Would it kill you to just think outside of the box for a second here, Bella? She has an amazing memory. Like, I hate her guts, but she does have an amazing memory. She's always remembering shit. I mean, she remembered the layout of Phoenix Airport for when she had to escape Alice and Jasper. So she remembers dumb shit, but she's like, oh, those stories you told me about your family heritage, pfft, they were inconsequential to me. I only remembered the stuff about my boyfriend. Like, how rude. How rude. You don't remember Jacob's. Story about his heritage. Like, fuck you, Bella. Get your head out of your ass. And so then Jacob's jumping off the bed, he's pressing his fists against his forehead, breathing fast and angry, and he's like, you know this. And she's like, Jake, I'm exhausted. Maybe in the morning. You can tell Jacob's pissed off because he's like, well, maybe it will come back to you. I guess I understand why you only remember the one story. But then He can't be that pissed off because then he lies down in bed next to her and he's like, hey, can I ask you a question about that? And he says, I've been dying to know. And she's like, uh, what? And he says, about the vampire story I told you. So he can say the word story. He just said story. Whereas last page, he's like, "All the story. So he just said story. And he's like, did you honestly not know? Was I the one who told you what he was? And she's like, whoa. How did he know this? Bella, what do you mean, how did he know this? He's He's been, he's been telling you all about- oh. And then her teeth clenched together and she had no intention of speaking. And he's like, see what I mean about loyalty? It's the same for me, only worse. You can't imagine how tight I'm bound. And she realizes that his talking is causing him pain. And she's like, oh, I hate that he's in pain. I hated it fiercely. And then she thinks about Sam. You can tell she's blaming Sam on this. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think Sam or any other cult leader, because she still thinks he's a cult leader. I don't think cult leaders have the power to like gag people from saying things literally. They might threaten them. They might blackmail them to convince them not to say things. But I don't think they can actually stop speech But she's like, it must be Sam's doing. Who does she think Sam is? And then she says, isn't there a way for you to get free? And she's whispering this, touching the rough edge at the back of his hair. And they're lying down in her bed and she's whispering and and fondling his head. Like, okay, you guys sort of broke up last chapter. This is this is getting a bit intimate. And he's like, nah, I'm in this for life. And she's like, what if we ran away? Just you and me. What if we left home and left Sam behind? Bella as if. Bella as if. You were just telling me last chapter that you can't leave Forks because Victoria and Laurent know where Charlie lives because they'll probably come and kill Charlie if you leave Forks, And now you're planning to run away with Jacob because she thinks he's in a cult. Where is her mind at? And he's like, oh, I would if I could, but I can't run away from it, Bella. And then he's like, look, I've got to leave. And she's like, why? And I was like, well, maybe because you've been telling him to leave and that she needs sleep. And he's like, yeah, you need your sleep. I need you firing on all pistons because you're going to figure this out. You have to. And then he also says, I had to sneak out. I'm not supposed to see you. They've got to be wondering where I am kind of remember the pack in these books having a telepathic connection. I could be wrong, but also we, this is something that we could be finding out very soon. that They have a telepathic connection. So when he's like, they've got to be wondering where I am, like, well, maybe they already know Jacob. Maybe they already know. And she's like, oh, I hate them. And Jacob's like, oh, don't hate the guys. It's not Sam's fault or anybody's fault. It's me. Sam's actually really cool. He's like, I just feel really bad about the things I used to think about Sam. And she's like, well, why aren't you supposed to see me? And he's like, oh, it's not safe. God, there's a lot of dialogue that's just boring me to tears. So he says it's not safe. Probably meaning it in a different way than she thinks, but she's like, oh, how does he know that? Of course he's not safe. This is the perfect time for hunting because it's the middle of the night because these vampires only hunt at night even though they can go out in the daytime. She's like, perfect time for hunting. Jacob shouldn't be here because Victoria or, or Laurent could come and kill me and kill Jacob too in the meantime. I should really be alone. Uh, the way The way her mind thinks. And he's like, Bella, I made you a promise. I didn't realize when I made it how hard it would be for me to keep, but I'm going to try. And he's like, I'm gonna do what I can to be here for you, just like I promised. And then he's grinning at her. And the grin was not Bella's grin or Sam's grin, but some strange combination of the two grins. Maybe it's Jacob's grin, bitch. You don't own his grin. And he's like, hey, Bella, it would really help if you could figure this out on your own. Put some honest effort into it, please. And he's like, come and tell me as soon as you figure it out. And then he's like, oh, if you if you want to, that is. And she's like, why wouldn't I want to see you? And he's like, I can think of a reason. And his face turned hard and bitter, turning into the face that belonged to Sam. It's his face. And he's like, could you just do something for me? And like, at least call me. If you don't want to see me again, that's fine, but at least call me. And I'm like, Jacob, she's been calling your house nonstop for weeks. She parked outside of your house yesterday, or that day, technically, that afternoon, because she's been trying to talk to you. So like, okay, don't act like you're the one that hasn't been screening her calls and ghosting her. And then he goes to jump out the window and she's like, don't be an idiot, Jake, you'll break your leg, use the door. So she must be aware that she's awake now and not dreaming because she's worried about the fall from the window. And he's like, oh, don't worry, I won't get hurt. And then he says, just in case, and he pulls her into a bear hug that almost broke her ribs. Very violent. I guess he mustn't know his own strength yet. And then he pushes her back onto the bed. She says he pushed her gently back down on the bed. But I mean, can you really push someone gently onto a bed? A push is a push. And he says, get some sleep bells. You've got to get your head working. I won't lose you, Bella. Not for this. Just oh, the same cliche is just spewing out. And then he he goes out through the door. So he doesn't jump out the window. And she lies back down on the bed, even though she was already lying down on the bed, and she says she thinks about it for a second, but then she's swallowed up by unconsciousness because she's so tired. And oh, it wasn't a dreamless sleep. Nope, she's in the forest again. Of course, she is. And then she's like, "Wait a minute, this isn't my regular forest. And I'm not wandering around searching for something. I'm just wandering around aimlessly. and that the, the smell of the forest is different, it smells like the brine of the ocean. And she's like, oh yeah, this is the forest around La Pouche near the beach there. So there's Jacob. He's grabbing her hand. And she's like, Jacob, what's wrong? And he's got his ponytail back. So it's boy Jacob. And he's saying, run Bella, you have to run. And then she has an abrupt wave of deja vu so strong it nearly woke her up, but it didn't. So she's having deja vu in a dream. Uh, it's, it's just lots going on for poor Bella in her dreamscapes. And then she's recognizing the place because she'd been there before in another dream a million years ago. Well, no, it was just one year ago. But she says, this was the dream I'd had the night after I'd walked with Jacob on the beach. The first night I knew that Edward was a vampire. She says, reliving that day with Jacob must have dredged this dream out of my buried memories. So like she knows she's in a dream and she's in a dream from a million years ago, but now she's detached from the dream, just waiting for it to play out. She is a lucid dreamer. I am so jealous. And she knows what's going to happen. So she's like, oh, in a moment, Edward's going to walk through the trees. And then I would do this, he would do that. It's like, not only does she remember her dreams, she remembers them while she's in them. It's, it's really bizarre. (sighs) And then get this, Jacob in the dream starts shaking and twitching, he falls to the ground at her feet and in his place was an enormous red-brown wolf with dark, intelligent eyes. So surely she's figured it out. Sure, <laughs> I mean, she's dreaming that he's a werewolf. There's no room for misinterpretation there, is it? And she says, this was not the same wolf that I'd dreamed of in another life. This was the great russet wolf I'd stood half a foot from in the meadow just a week ago. She says, this wolf stared at me with the black brown familiar eyes of Jacob Black. So, I mean, that's quite, it's quite the premonition. I mean, it's quite obvious, but she wakes up screaming and Charlie doesn't even bother to check on her because her waking up screaming is just par for the course. And then in that morning, she's like, I remember it all now. Every word that Jacob said to me, she remembers every word. So she's got an amazing memory. It's almost as if she's not a real person and this is a character from a book And Stephanie Meyer could just open up the manuscript for Twilight and copy and paste exactly the paragraphs from that chapter of that book into this book, because it's a word for word recollection. And she puts it all down here. She puts it in italics, a copy and paste from Twilight, the whole conversation about the cold ones. So he's telling her the legends about how they descended from wolves and the wolves are their brothers. It's against tribal laws to kill the wolves, but there's stories about the cold ones I mean, just full word for word, memory recollection, Bella Swan. Like get her on Jeopardy or something because these memory skills should not be wasted. You know, Jacob just saying how his own great grandfather made the treaty to keep the cold ones off his land. The cold ones are the natural enemies of the wolf. So then Bella in real time is saying, werewolf, and that's the word she was choking on. She says the whole world lurched, tilting the wrong way on its axis. She's like, what kind of a place was this? Could a world really exist where ancient legends went wandering around the borders of tiny, insignificant towns facing down mythical monsters? Did this mean every impossible fairy tale was grounded somewhere in absolute truth? And well, I I guess, yeah, I guess, yeah. And she's like, what kind of a place was this Forks to have all these supernatural creatures? And I was like, you're the one that was like, Forks is a magical place. I can never leave Fawkes because I can never forget the magic of Edward Cullen. So she's being hysterical, but then a voice in the back of her mind says, what's the big deal? Hadn't you already accepted the existence of vampires long ago, and without all the hysterics? And she's like, exactly. Wasn't one myth enough for anyone? Enough for a lifetime? Ugh. And then she shades Jacob. She's like, besides, there was never one moment where I wasn't completely aware that Edward Cullen was something beyond the ordinary. But Jacob, he's just Jacob. And nothing more than that, just Jacob. And I was like, okay, poor Jacob. He can be supernatural too. And then she's thinking, what does this say about me that the only people that like her are supernatural beings? And I was like, well, you are quite the odd, dark Bella Swan. But she's being so dramatic. She says, why else would my life be filled with characters from horror movies? Why else would I care so much about them that it would tear big chunks right out of my chest when they went off along their mythical ways? (laughs) Of course, she's making Jacob being a werewolf all about her. Poor Jacob. He's just gone through this huge transformation. Puberty times 10. And she's like, what does it say about me, Bella Swan, the little human girl that's his friend? maybe it's not about you, Bella. And then she's like, ah, oh, there was no cult. There never had been a cult. It was a pack. Yeah. I don't think anyone else was thinking it was a cult. So then she's like in a frantic hurry to race up to La Push. She runs into Charlie that morning and he's like, where are you going? And she's like, oh, I've got to go see Jacob. He says, I thought the thing with Sam. And she says, that doesn't matter. And if I was Charlie, I'd be a little bit pissed because I'd be like, well, I just put myself out there on a limb in my professional capacity to, to raise some issues with Sam and the, and the cult that's been going on at the push. But oh, it doesn't matter now, does it? I just got in a fight with Billy, my best friend, over the phone talking about you and I was sticking up for you, but now it doesn't matter. Okay. Thanks, Bells. Thanks, Bells. Have a good day. But Charlie, he's like, all right, we'll go straight to Jacob's house. No stops on the way. And she's like, what? Why would I stop? And he's like, I don't know. It's just that there's been another attack. The wolves again. And he says it was really close to the resort, but there's a witness this time. The victim was only a dozen yards from the road when he disappeared. His wife saw a huge gray wolf just a few minutes later. And she's like, oh, I forgot about the wolf attacks. So now she's thinking that Jacob's killing people. And Charlie's like, there's no sign of him, just a little blood again. How are Victoria and Laurent, well, I guess this one's just Victoria because I think Laurent is dead. How's Victoria making all these bodies disappear? But leaving behind the blood. I mean, is she trying to make it look like the werewolves are doing it? I mean, vampires just drink blood. What, what's she doing with the bodies? But Charlie drops that there's a reward being offered for wolf carcasses. So there's a lot of firepower out there in the forest and it worries him. When people get too excited, accidents happen. Oh, so he's not worried that Bella's gonna get attacked by a wolf. He's more worried that rangers and armed volunteers are gonna shoot her thinking that she's a wolf in the forest. Which seems a bit dramatic, but I mean, okay, I get it, sure. But she's like, they're gonna shoot the wolves. And he's like, well, yeah. And he says, what's wrong? What else can we do? You aren't turning into a tree hugger on me, are you? Oh, Charlie, what's wrong with being a tree hugger? You live next to a forest and you don't like trees now all of a sudden? You aren't turning into a tree hugger. Well, she wants to save the wolves, which aren't trees. What's your game plan here, Charlie? You've got more things to be worried about than whether or not your daughter's an environmentalist. And then she looks at him and realizes that he has a gun strapped to his waist and hiking boots on. How she missed that initially, I don't know. And she says, you aren't going out there after the wolves, are you, dad? And he's like, I've got to help, Bells. People are disappearing. And she's like, no, no, don't go. It's too dangerous. I don't know whether that's because she doesn't want him to kill Jacob or Jacob kill him. And so Bella's just hysterical. And then she says, maybe it's too early to go to La Push. And he's like, yeah, I agree. And he steps out into the rain and shuts the door behind him. (laughs) Not really a nice goodbye, but he's like, yeah, I think you're being crazy. And so then as soon as he's out of sight, she's dropping to the floor, putting her head between her knees. And she's like, what do I do? Jacob's my best friend. I need to warn him. But if he really is killing all these people, what do I do? I need to tell him and his friends that people are going to try and kill them. I need to tell them to stop. They have to stop. And then she's like, oh, they have to stop because Charlie's now out in the woods. She says, up until now, only strangers have disappeared. (laughs) Like, okay, yeah, you don't care if it's a stranger, but if it's your dad at risk, then you care. And she's having a full crisis. She's like, Jacob's my best friend, but he's a monster. A real monster? A bad monster? Should I warn him if his friends are murderers? She says, if they were truly creatures from a horror movie in every sense, would it be wrong to protect them? Bitch, you will protect the Cullens. And then she's like, well, I don't really know anything about werewolves because they're not exactly like the movie werewolves, you see, and I was like, yeah, well, neither were the vampires, but okay. But she's thinking if the Cullens in their quest to be good could go through everything not to eat humans, clearly the werewolves had chosen a different path. Now, what should I choose? And that's the end of the chapter. So she's really full jump to the conclusion that the werewolves are killing people when she knows full well she just met Laurent in the meadow and Laurent had red eyes and Laurent can kill people just as easily as a wolf can. But She is 100% assuming that it's the wolves that are killing people instead of Laurent. And I mean, she already had the suspicion that Laurent killed the wolves, but she knows that's not true because she just saw all of them in their human forms. But she's having a full crisis and that's the end of the chapter. And it was, it was a slog of a chapter. It was just dialogue city and then existential Christ city and I'm over it city. So I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. Bye. Send your burning thoughts, frustrations, and grievances on this latest chapter of this shitty book to BreakingDownPod at gmail.com or on Twitter at PodBreakingDown and Instagram at BreakingDownBadBooks. You can visit www.BreakingDownBadBooks.com for all the listen links, contact information, merch, and more. To support the show on Patreon and gain access to exclusive ad-free bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash breakingdownbadbooks. Ratings and reviews on your preferred podcast platform are also a fun, free way to support the show. Breaking Down Bad Books is hosted by me, Nathan Brown, who you can follow on Instagram and Twitter at NathanBrown90. Thanks for listening and happy reading.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods